If you're looking for a new way to support SideMission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code SIDEMISSION for 15% off your order. Thank you, Dubby, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck. And today, we're talking about the newest entry into the Assassin's Creed franchise, Assassin's Creed Mirage, or as Matt, Kyle, and I have all kind of taken to somewhat unlovingly calling it, Assassin's Creed Midrage, because that is... <laughs> More or less what this game is, is a big old bowl of mid. So, normally what we do with games, especially when we love them, is we kind of talk about, you know, we talk about the positives first, and we get, you know, pretty deep into the critiques when we have quite a few of them, or if we, really, whenever we have any critiques at all. Uh, And we're going to do the same thing today, so I don't know why I just explained all that, to be completely honest with you. I'm not editing any of this out, by the way. So, post-production Rusty, leave it all in. That's what she said. Anyways. Um, this has just already gone off the rails. Um, Kyle, we were excited for this game. And, uh, that's why I'm going to start with Matt, because he is a bigger Assassin's Creed fan than you, and, uh, never let him know your next move. Damn. <laughs> so, Matt, Matt, with that being said, um, there are some positives in this game. And I don't believe that just everything in this game is below average, is mediocre, is bad. I do think there are positives. For one... Um, I think that this is the most Assassin's Creed 2 feeling Assassin's Creed. Now, for better or for worse, I think that's true for the good reasons and for the bad. I think that in terms of the game being more contained, which is what Ubisoft wanted, this game works for that reason. It's more contained. It's not nearly as intimidating as Valhalla, as Odyssey, and to an extent as Origins. Origins was slightly less intimidating than those last two titles because it was still relatively contained, all things considered compared to those last two entries um but i feel like this being a smaller experience more i don't want to say bite-sized because it is still about a 15 to 20 hour game it's still got some good meat on it um i feel like it being more contained works in this game's favor yeah when they first announced this game and that it was going back to basics i got really excited because the most recent entries and the most recent trilogy that we had with origins valhalla and odyssey um, you know, Assassin's Creed had to take a break because a lot of people were saying that the the formula was getting stale and it needed a you know to, a, a refresher. So you know, Ubisoft took that that year break um, from when we had, I believe, Black Flag between Black Flag and Odyssey. So when Odyssey Black came back, Odyssey. Origins, Origins, Origins. There we go. I was like, I was like, <laughs> oh, am I crazy? There's or... Remember, I was there's like, like uh... over Assassin's Creed games right now. <laughs> Yeah, I was um, like, did so, I just remember the order in a different way? What the <laughs> hell? Uh, I haven't played Origins in so long. But yeah, no, the uh, the year gap that they took between um, Black Flag and um, Origins was, you know, so that they could get together and figure out, like, what do we need to do to, you know, make a change in the series so it doesn't get Wait a so minute. stale. Black Flag and Origins, I thought Syndicate came before Origins. Well, we did have Unity, and then we had Syndicate. So it was Syndicate and Unity. Oh, God, I've seen there's so many games. Okay, yeah. so the order release, the order release before Origins, it was Syndicate. I remember now. Kind of forgetful, if you obviously because be I, I fan. <laughs> I played them all. <laughs> um, so yeah, the gap between Syndicate and Origins. Um, 
you know, to come up with new concepts and they introduced a more RPG sort of thing. But along with that, they also introduced, you know, a much bigger map. And just if you looked at the size of Ahala's map, you would basically just be like, that's the most intimidating thing I have ever seen in a game. Quite literally, because you definitely know that the Ubisoft formula is to fill up the map with just, you know, uh, enemy camps, random chests, uh, different uh, objects that you can find that you complete side stories through. But the one thing that I really loved that they did is, you know, they had so many, you know, side quests and some of them are really good. Um, some of them are just really, eh, you know what I mean? And um, so with Mirage, it's going back to the basics that we are so used to from Assassin's Creed 1 to Brotherhood, Revelations, and that is the focus on being an assassin. So when they first announced it and they showed that, that the character that we are playing as is Basem, if you played um, Valhalla, you know who he is. He's basically... Um, uh, Avi Avoy or whatever her name is. I, I can't forget. Avor, Avor, yeah. Avor is basically her introduction into the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the fact that the Brotherhood is a thing. You know, this is her introduction that they exist, the hidden ones. And so it was kind of cool that they decided, especially with the way Valhalla ended, it was kind of cool to see, you know, the origins of uh, of Basim. So. I thought that was a great way to bring go back to the basics and introduce a new character, but not so new that if you didn't play the original trilogy, that you know where he's from. Um, and then, like one of the first things that I did when I started my game and I got through the uh, the beginning stuff was I pulled up that map and I saw that it was very contained. You uh, it takes place in uh, Baghdad. So yeah, Baghdad, yeah. That was and that was a and that was a great setting because I, if I remember the first game took place in um during the Crusades in you know the Middle East, um. So it definitely harkens back to its origins. In fact, that there's a really cool little Easter egg is you can change the filter in, Val, uh, in Valhalla. You can change the filter in Mirage to actually look like the filter that you got in the first Assassin's Creed, where it looked a little bit more you know the color wasn't as uh, as blooming, it wasn't as vibrant. It was just kind of white. Yeah. Uh, it's like white and bluish. So I thought that was really cool. And like what this game does is it's it's strong points is not so much the story here, which we'll get, we'll touch into that here in a little bit. But the fact that to me, it felt the parkour felt good. Finally being able to climb up and assassinate an enemy of any type, you know, regardless of my level compared to it. And it was just an instant kill which they did kind of fix that in Valhalla, but with Origins Odyssey, I had that complaint. It was still kind of present in Valhalla, but it was definitely gone in this game where, you know, I could just climb up any kind of building, you know, use my eagle vision to find my targets and immediately just get an instant kill with the hidden blade because that's what this, uh, this, that's an assassin's, you know, main weapon here is the hidden blade. And it just feels so satisfying just being able to instant kill enemies regardless of if they are just a basic soldier, an armored guard, or even a, a lion, because you'll find lions in this game. They're hard to find, but there's animals here, which is another thing that I, I noticed was kind of not here for the previous game, was the variety of the animal types. Um, I was actually happy that crafting isn't as big in this game. Like, it's very subtle, because there's a couple of tools that you'll unlock throughout the game, such as smoke bombs, things that we've, we've seen in previous uh, games, that I have personally, I've missed traps, smoke bombs, blow darts, sleep darts, things like that. Um, so they definitely, it, it did reunite my, my love for this franchise because I finally felt like an assassin again. I didn't because you know what? 
This game doesn't fucking work. It's so broken, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, and we don't have many episodes like this. I agree with probably about a third of what you just said, Matt, because I do not believe this is a return to form whatsoever for Assassin's Creed. Um, so I'll start with the stuff that I agree with, and then, Kyle, I'll let you kind of piggyback off of that. Um, I agree that the setting and the art style is really, really nice. I like that. I like, I feel like they did a good job of kind of depicting what Baghdad looked like in this era of history and what, you know, this part of the world looked like in this time of history. I liked that. I liked a lot of, I liked a lot of the design as far as character models. I liked a lot of, you know, a lot of the clothing, a lot of the gear that you get. It all feels really, really unique to this era. And I like that. Unfortunately, that's probably the last thing that I really liked about this game. I was not a, I, Giving this game a 7, which is what I'm going to ultimately give it, spoiler alert, is me being incredibly generous and me not using the anger that I had th this morning when the game decided to break and not allow me to progress because it decided to throw 7 or 8 additional enemies into an area that in no guide, no tutorial, no nothing was in online. So, Kyle... I'm going to start with the parkour because it's the first thing that Matt said that I disagree with. I think the parkour is absolute dog shit in this game. I think it's clunky. I think it's PS3 era. I think it does not work in 2023. You can build on it from there. For me, the parkour was very clunky in the sense that like, I, was, I, I would try and walk across a beam or go you know, to jump over somewhere, and half the time... My guy didn't want to go in the direction I wanted to walk, or he wouldn't jump when I was trying to tell him to jump, or, like, when I was trying to very clearly scale up a wall, sometimes he just wouldn't go up. He just wouldn't grab onto things. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll try going to the left and going up. And no, it turns out you can only climb up half the place. And it, it honestly, the game was just very broken to me, like natural Ubisoft games are. Um... I think that keeping the game more condensed was great because Valhalla and Odyssey and all, you know, the, the the three games that came before this, I think, were not everybody's favorite because they were way too big and it really took away from what everybody says that they like about Assassin's Creed. And I, I have only played Valhalla and only played this one. And I was excited for this one because I was like, okay, I'm going to get to actually see what it's like, you know to play an older Assassin's Creed game, but it's still being, you know, relevant. And it just, you can see that it was a $50 game. It was definitely, um, they definitely cut corners and it was cheap. The facial expressions are what bothered me the most though, because when they're reacting to something, they almost have no expression on their face and it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I hate it in every game that does it. Cause it's like, dude, after I've seen you know, current gen games that really utilize that technology, it's so apparent when you play a game without it. It's very, very I mean it's it's ugly. I I don't like looking at it and I think that keeping for the next game, if they keep it condensed like this, it, that would be great because it's what people want, but what I really want is a working game, one that functions properly, one that isn't so clunky and 
buggy, and unfortunately, Ubisoft is just—they're like Bethesda. We've just—we just excuse it now. Everybody—it's kind of like the joke. Everybody shits on them for it, but it's like, hey, you ever gonna actually fix this? Um, yeah. Because the earlier games, you know, they weren't—they weren't as broken as this. They they were they always had bugs yeah but I mean at least they were playable there's a reason why everybody liked the older games and I don't know I just this one wasn't for me I think no and I I'm with you on that because I loved that it was going to be contained I loved that the game was going to be smaller that it was going back to basics but when I said earlier that it kind of feels like an Assassin's Creed two style Assassin's Creed for better or for worse unfortunately for me a lot of it is it feels like that for the worst aspects besides the clunky parkour, which half the time you you're able to grab on any ledge and half the time you're not. Uh, the other side of that is the combat and whoever decided, I said this when we, when we talked about Wo long, we didn't review Wo long earlier this year. Thank God. Cause I hated that game. Um, I've, I'm on record saying multiple times that whoever decided the dodge button also being the parry button should be fired because it's a terrible mechanic. Whoever decided at Ubisoft that the dodge button should be square. Yeah, you are... You do not deserve your job. That is a fireable offense. I am not a fan of that whatsoever. I think that's... I don't care that I can remap it. I don't care that I can change it. Why in the world it was not circle like every dodge in every video game ever is? I can't figure that out. Also, while I enjoy the high skill gap of, you know, parrying and counterattacking as compared to just press triangle to counter and win. So basically the Arkham combat that everybody hypes up. And I love the Arkham combat, but that unfortunately is what Arkham combat is at its core is press triangle to win. As much as I like that, it doesn't lend itself well when you end up in skirmishes with three, four, five enemies. That does not lend itself well to this style of combat, to this game, because essentially the game is saying you either play in stealth or you don't play the game. Because it also punishes you, and I'll get into that in a minute, it punishes you for getting into open conflict and for killing enemies, even if it is just out of self-defense. It punishes you for that with the notoriety system. And I hate that garbage system as well. I'll get on, we'll talk more about that in a bit. But combat, whereas I liked it early, the more and more I played, the less I liked it, and the more I was like, you know, something that the previous couple of games did right was the combat, and I never felt like I never felt like I just had no shot to finish the game or progress in the game because I played a certain way. This game pigeonholes you into playing stealth, and then it can't even keep itself together long enough, as I mentioned earlier, for you to be able to progress. Because I had a bug this morning happen where in an area that I believe I counted, there's eight enemies in it normally. Uh, yeah, there was like 15, 16 enemies in my game because random enemies spawned out of nowhere. And I know that that was not by design because these enemies never moved. And what we all know about Assassin's Creed, the AI moves. They have a path they are supposed to walk along. None of these enemies moved. Even ones that are looking at stuff, they're picking up off tables. They're not moving. They're frozen still. They are not moving a, an inch of their body. So, I am not very happy with Ubisoft after this game. And for several reasons, I'm not happy with them. Um, in 2023, 
And I know that we've had other broken games that have been significantly worse. Looking at you, Gollum. Looking at you, King Kong, Skull Island, whatever the hell it's called, that looks like a damn PS2 game and they want 50 bucks for. Um, by the way, before anybody hears that and asks, no, we are not reviewing that. Go fuck yourselves. Um, I know that we've had worse, but a studio with the budget, with the resources that Ubisoft has... Yeah, there's no excuse for it from you. The same thing with Bethesda. I don't think, Kyle, I don't think it's that we excuse it. I think that we've gotten to the point where we just expect it. We get to the point where we just expect it. Oh, oh Ubisoft game. Half of it's broken. Just kind of par for the course at this point. So, Matt, you mentioned having a few complaints about glitches and kind of technical stuff. Um, I'll let you go ahead and talk about what you experienced. You played the most of this game compared to me and Kyle. So, what what kind of technical issues did you run into? No, I definitely did want to touch on the parkour being com- completely broken, especially with me how I did like to play try and play stealth. So there are just moments where um, my character wouldn't register to climb something, or I'll basically just be stuck in between like a um, a wall and a and a uh, kind of a fence, and I'm just trying to move, and I'm basically I'm stuck there, just you know, in in my um in my in my uh, my ducking. Uh, position so now that it, it definitely did have its issues with the parkour sometimes it did just register if i jumped over something or if i tried to jump onto a, a beam or like a a line it, i would basically just jump at it but i would not catch it um combat was also something that i didn't really care about in fact i found myself using the tools more during combat putting enemies to sleep using the smoke bombs to disguise myself things like that because i just wanted to avoid combat as much as i could um Another thing that I have issues with the notoriety system is the fact that if you are, you know, if you're being searched for or something like that, you cannot progress until the enemy stop looking glad. for you. I'm and glad. The game I'm not actually, the only one that mm-hmm. hates that. I'm glad. And the game, and the game had issues where they wouldn't stop searching for me. I literally stood um, in this little uh, curtain hiding thing. I can't even think of what it's called for five minutes and it wouldn't end especially if you hit the highest notoriety and it sends this special specific enemy type and he does not stop looking for you he's also the hardest one to fight i had to basically um just cheese him sometimes and run away fast travel to a far end of the map but then again i think if you are at a high thing i don't don't think you can fast travel unless they stop looking for you so it definitely broke the immersion for me as far as like just trying to progress the story um, another issue that I had is sometimes uh, quest items such as keys or yeah. documents that I'm trying to look for will not spawn. They're not there. I had to turn off the game, sometimes even turn off my PlayStation 5 and then turn it back on and restart the mission and the item would be there. Um, my only other complaint is some, in some missions, if you die, it sometimes sets you completely back to the beginning of the mission no matter how much progress you made in that mission. And that alone is frustrating because even one of the first ones that I had to do um, where I, I had to uh, jump into this pool of water, swim under it to go underneath the walls of this uh, structure that I am trying to, uh, you know, find a, a certain character to have a conversation with them or just just to do anything in that mission. I had to restart it every single time that I was killed. And early on, I got killed a lot because I didn't quite, like, comprehend the battle system that much as far as just, like, 
hitting L1 to block. If they glow red, you you have to dodge, things like that. But sometimes when I'm dodging, my character will roll in. Uh, I'm dodging away from the enemy or to the side to get behind them, especially the bigger armor guys, because you can only attack them from the, from the back. But my guy would roll straight into the enemy and get hit. Yeah. So yeah, there's 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 that. a lot that this game there's a lot that this game was very frustrating. It was probably one of the more frustrating games to hit to the ending. To be honest with you. Yeah. So on the notoriety system, I think that that's a dog shit system. If I'm being honest, and maybe this might be end up. I'm not gonna lie, guys. This might be one of those episodes where I have to throw up a damn disclaimer before the uh, W ad. Which shout out to W <laughs> sponsor of Side Mission. This might be a disclaimer. This might be one of those where I have to record a disclaimer of, hey, we cuss a little bit more in this episode. Yeah, that's because this game just made me this angry at certain points. Um, the notoriety system is god-awful. Um, and a system like that should not exist in games. Like, I'm not a fan of, oh, you got caught while in stealth because our game bugged out and you had to defend yourself. Sorry, now, because you got caught and you had to kill some people, you can't progress the story until you get your notoriety down. Um, I think that's garbage. I think that if my notoriety is at max, sure, sure. At that point, I understand. But if it's just filled up one bar, I don't think I should be able to progress. I don't think that that should hinder me. And I don't know, like, to me, I don't care that ripping up the posters is easy. I don't care that bribing someone is easy when it's not. Because I stupidly early in the game bribed somebody with one of my power tokens. And then other times I could have used my power tokens that would have helped me more. I was out of them because of that. So I don't like that. Also, why can't I just bribe using normal currency? Why do I have to use a special token to bribe? That's kind of dumb. Um, I hated that token system so much. So much. Token system I'm not a fan of at all. Um, And there's not a lot in this game that I am a fan of. Um, I think the game is beautiful to look at, but something that we've not really touched on much, and I'm going to touch on it now, Kyle brought it up, the facial animations. What are we doing, Ubisoft? What are we doing? You've got them 30 minutes into the game, a big key plot point happens. I'll just fucking say it, because if you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. Your friend Nahal kills the Caliph to save Bossom, to save him. And he has this reaction uh, when he finds out that because of their actions, you know, a bunch of people, a bunch of their friends have been killed. He has this reaction where he's screaming, he's yelling, and on the look on his face, looks like he does not give a shit whatsoever. There's no, there's no animation, and it's terrible. You have resources, Ubisoft. You are better than this. What are we doing? Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, they look like wax figures sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And, and what about when, you know, they had that, that whole fight, you know, that didn't make any sense because I was like, nope, okay, so let's say that she didn't do that. You'd be dead. Why are you mad at her? It felt so, like such a forced conflict. Yes. Between them, like, between, I just, I hated it. Like, it was like, if, he, if she didn't kill him, you'd be dead. He was, and also, like you, like you said, you know, when we were in a party one time, why, if, if she didn't want, or if he didn't want her to kill him, then why was he reaching for his knife? Exactly. And listen, I want to go ahead and say, because I had a very, very dedicated listener to this podcast, and we love him very much. I got to hoe Tom a little bit. Because his response was, it's a trauma reaction. He's mad at himself and he lashes out at her. 
And sure, that explains it a little bit. But to me, being mad at yourself and lashing out at somebody else, as somebody who has done that, and I will say that I will, I will own that myself. Anytime I've ever done that, I look back and I'm like, man, that was a stupid reaction. That was a dumb reaction that made no sense. I should not have reacted in that way towards that person. Like, if you did not want her to kill the Caliph, you should have not, you reaching for the knife doesn't really help your cause here, buddy. And I don't believe that knocking out, I don't believe a small, a small woman knocking out a big man, I don't believe that's, I don't believe that's as easy as, oh, that's the simple answer, just knock him out. I don't think the answer is that simple. I don't think in that moment the adrenaline, what Nihal did, Nihal, however you pronounce her name, I promise we're trying to pronounce it properly. This is one of those times where Matt's not the only one that's going to struggle with pronunciations. But, like, her response, and in that moment, that is exactly what I would have expected my best friend to do. Save me. Fuck him. Fuck, fuck the guy that's trying to kill me. Like, not literally, but... You know what I mean? Like, forget him, man. Like, I'm not concerned about his well-being if he's trying to kill me. And I get it that the decision ultimately, what you did, ultimately caused the death of your friends. But the reaction and getting mad at her, it feels like forced conflict for the sake of creating conflict. And it's like, okay, well, now it, it's to create this coming-of-age story where he grows wiser. And instead, it's about him learning, you know, that, you know, she did the right thing to save him. Why not instead just make it a redemption story of, hey, because of what we did, they killed our friends. We're responsible. Let's go out there and let's redeem ourselves. They could. There's your answer. There's how you fix it. Instead of creating the fake forced fight between the two, you say, hey, this is our fault. Let's move forward and let's redeem them. Let's make their lives worth, worth something. There is your answer, Ubisoft. You didn't even have to pay me to fix that plot point for you. It's a terrible plot point. So I want to close this episode with a question because it's a question that Matt me and I, me and you have, you and I let me get the grammar correct there you and I have posed this question what is the vision for Assassin's Creed at this point like what in the hell are we doing with Assassin's Creed because there was a time with Ezio trilogy with Black Flag with Assassin's Creed 3 we knew what the story was at a certain point we knew what was going on, and it made sense. Now, I don't quite know what we're going for here. And I feel like we've reached a point where, Matt, if I'm Ubisoft, as much as it would probably get me in trouble to say this, I think that we probably need to take a page out of Nintendo's book and with one of our biggest properties, take five or six years on the next one instead of just doing it two to three years. Here's the damning part of Assassin's Creed Mirage, and then I'll let Matt speak because I know that I'm kind of I'm kind of rambling. Do y'all know what the biggest gap between Assassin's Creed games is? One year, isn't it? No, the biggest gap between Assassin's Creed was the gap between Valhalla and Mirage. They had three, three full years, and this is the game we were given. It's unfinished, it's unpolished, it's clunky. And the story is mediocre at best. It's a 7 out of 10 game, and that's being nice. Take five years to make the next one. Tears of the Kingdom was realistically five years in the making for Nintendo. When you look at Breath of the Wild releasing on the Switch to Tears of the Kingdom, and odds are they were probably working on it before then. But look at the finished product. 
It was polished. It was good. And yes, a lot of those assets were reused, but it was an excellent game. Even though I know Kyle is probably hating that I'm saying positive things right now, but that, that's a discussion for another day. Um, but the point being, how long was Mario Odyssey in development for? It wasn't made in two years. It was. It, they took time with it. God of War Ragnarok was not made in two years. Spider-Man 2, which drops, as of recording, drops in about, what, 27 hours? It was not made in two years, in three years. There has been time that's passed between the developments of these games. Ubisoft, I'm begging you, and then Matt, I'll let you kind of give me your take on it all. Take your time with your next game, and don't force it out to meet a quota. And do the same thing with Far Cry, by the way. My opinion on Far Cry 6 has not aged well. So, please, Ubisoft. Matt, go ahead. Take what, Give me your take on all of this. Yeah, I don't really know what direction Ubisoft is going anymore um, with the original trilogy, which is the Desmond uh, trilogy. It made sense in a way, even if you were talking about the more like alien creatures that you discovered with the Apple of Eden's existence and all these other um, artifacts that are basically from a past race that were just these um, super advanced technological beings. Um, then come along with, uh, you know, Origins was supposed to be the explanation of the origins of the Brotherhood. It, it did that story really well. It didn't really have too much focus on those, you know, that ancient race, but it was still hints here and there. Then for me, I I completely lost it with Valhalla when they decided to go introduce, like, talk about how the Greek gods basically, you know, knew Ragnarok was coming. So they created this type of machine that split their bodies or that basically split them into like, you know, these characters. Like for instance, Basim is Loki and um Avioi is um, is Jesus Christ Matt. I know. Avoy is is Avor. Avor. Good Lord. Avor. <laughs> Avor is Odin. And that right there is where I started completely just losing like what the plot is anymore. Um, to get into a little bit of spoilers for uh, Mirage, they're, now they're hinting at a more uh, what is that setting called with Cthulhu and all that. There, there are hints what? there. Yeah, yeah. There's a side quest that you do where you collect these books for um, a scholar at the House of Wisdom. And one of the very last books that you find, he calls it the Book of the Dead. But it's not the Book of the Dead that you think it is, like in Egyptian lore. Uh, it's basically. I wish I can name, remember the name of that that's that that art style, where it's like you know, um, Cthulhu and all of that, like that that type of thing. Oh, HP uh, Lovecraft, yeah, HP Lovecraft, yeah, yeah. Love, Love Lovecraft, Lovecraftian, whatever. <laughs> um, you you're given a charm at the end of it that you know, like you have these little things that uh you can you put on as equipment. They don't do anything; they're just there for complete style. But it's basically the head of Cthulhu. I'm like, is this where we're going with the next trilogy? Because I know that Ubisoft had a basically a future plan set out where they announced several games along with Mirage, Assassin's Creed Hex, which is basically this. They're, they're going to go into the more witch, witch era, era of time with witches and, sh and things like that, witchcraft. So I'm like, yeah. I guess that's where we're going next as far as the next trilogy goes. So I'm just like... Y'all really don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. Your fans don't know anymore. We're just going along for the ride now, and it's more batshit crazy than Kingdom Hearts is, and I, I know how 
how crazy that that story is. So I'm just I, I'm at a loss where where they're going anymore. Like yeah. it, it's still fun yeah. to play as an assassin and and go into in different eras of time, but nowadays I'm like we're kind of running out of like the more interesting times. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that the problem is they don't really, there's no real direction. And again, it's why I think the next game needs to spend more time in the oven and it can be a more refined game. And I think that that ultimately benefits this. They also need to come up with their direction. They need to say, okay, here's the story we want to tell. Here's how we can do it over three games. Do what you did for the Ezio trilogy. Do exactly what you did for that. Come up with the story to tell from beginning to end. It can have different characters in each game, but just come up with a consistent, coherent story you want to tell and take your time. I don't think that this game... Assassin's Creed has reached a point for me where it's a lot like Call of Duty. If you're wondering where our review of that is, yeah, it ain't happening for several reasons. Um, Not going to get political on uh, this podcast whatsoever, but yeah. Uh, It's reached that point for me, though, where it's, for me, it's not a big release. It's a very mediocre release. It's a release I don't look forward to, and I'm not going to look forward to anymore. Because I was excited for Assassin's Creed Mirage, and it just disappointed me. Pretty much all the hype was a Mirage. Damn. Fuck all y'all, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> um, but I think, Kyle, do you have anything else you would like to add? No, no, that was pretty much it. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. So that is going to wrap up this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can check us out on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, for Matt Lynch, for Matt Lynch, what the fuck? For Kyle Lynch <laughs> and Matt. Back. I'm Rusty Ellis. Thanks for listening.